So, being the moron that I am, I made two major mistakes today, this week. Well, actually, I made one and my wonderful recording equipment made another that it stopped recording two minutes into the beginning of the podcast. And so I'm gonna, I had to go back in and re-record a lot of my uh, statements and answers and replies to my co-hosts. So if things sound a bit off or I sound like it, I'm a little short-winded this week and don't say much, it's because I'm trying to go back and remember what I actually said and add my pieces in. So that is the first mistake. The second mistake that I made this week, and I'll be putting it at the very end of the podcast, is I recorded these in the wrong order. I don't know how you mess up alphabetical order, but I managed to very well. Um, so I, I put the wrong segue in for the wrong week, and I will put up the... Since we had a pretty good time in, at recording the segue for next week, um, I will put that in and paste it in here um, and enjoy my humorous mistakes throughout this week, and thank you for sitting through my uh, errors. Welcome to the Bare Naked ABCs, where we discuss the songs of some of our favorite celebrities from 7 to Y. Now, don't call me a hero, I'm pretty much a zero, discussing a group I love. <laughs> we have a star-studded night tonight here on the red carpet. We are excited as they are driving up in their limos. And here they are, my heroes! Aaron. And Michelle. I'm sorry, no Phil Espositos or the Kennedys tonight, but I hope your jaws will drop, and I hope we'll leave the quote right there. <laughs> oh, very much so. As we discuss Celebrity from the 2003 album Everything to Everyone, which is pretty apropos of tonight's song. Don't call me a zero. I'm gonna be a hero. Like Phil Esposito or the Kennedy I'll be incorporated And I'll be imitated And overrated But that doesn't bother me And this week's song Celebrity was also on the iTunes Originals album um, which wasn't really an album, it was a download that was available if you had iTunes at the time, and uh, if you were able to get iTunes, the iTunes original before they took it off the market. This song was a single in the UK. Because they have better taste than we do. <laughs> they were like Bill Hicks. <laughs> but it peaked at 81 for some reason. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's not their best song, but it's a really good one, I think. So the B-side of this album was Yes, 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 which we'll get to someday. I'll be in my 50s. <laughs> I'll be well into menopause by then. Someday. You're welcome to the Bare Naked ABCs. <laughs> Um, those whippersnappers on my lawn are out there again. And speaking <laughs> of 50s, this is one of those songs that I'm betting all of you guys thought it would be until I was 50 before you would see a song that I liked by Kevin Hearn. <laughs> oh, 
But this Guess song what? is written by Kevin Hearn in conjunction with Stephen Page and Ed Robertson. No idea which person wrote which parts of this song, but it is a song that is collaborated on by all three and given credit for by all three with Kevin as the lead. So let's go to the Aaron breakdown. All right, let's do it. <laughs> Aaron's hot <Okay>. take. <laughs> I haven't done that in a while. Sorry. All right, let's break it down. <laughs> Uh, no, I like that. I appreciate that. Uh, I have to say, I was kind of angry uh, <laughs> while working on this one because, I'm my ready. God, no B and L are my gods. <laughs> Celebrity uh, is recorded at about eighty-five beats per minute. Uh, I cannot tell you what key it is in. I think it's in several. <laughs> it's, I don't know if this is like a Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, Stairway to Heaven type situation where they had several ideas for songs and jammed them together or like a day in the life or whatever. I don't think so because there's a lot more cohesive than those songs. It's not as jarring with the changes. But trying to analyze this was like, oh man, maybe it was, I mean, I was, I was doing it while I had downtime at work. So I was a little distracted and I didn't have like a half a day to put into it. But it was like, man... The chord progressions that I could suss out when I was listening to it was like D, F, C, D7 for the uh, the intro, and it's also the pre-chorus changes. Uh, the verse, I think, is like a G, F, C, add 9. Um, then we get into um, D, F, C, D7 again. That's like the pre-chorus. And the, the chorus is like an E minor, A, C, add 9, D. And then there's this, the first bridge <laughs> is like a descending... Uh, I, lo- I love those descending lines. It's like D, uh, D over F sharp, uh, C. Wow. I, at first, I was thinking it was in the key of D because it resolves on a D at the end, uh, but the chords change so much, and uh, there, are, there are so many chord progressions here that the chords are not diatonic to D. So I'm pretty sure they have key changes. I'm pretty sure there's like two or maybe even three keys uh, for this particular song. I, I'd have to spend more time than I than I had really to analyze it to to really feel confident in saying that. But I'm pretty sure there's a, there's a few different uh, keys in this song. We get this interesting ascending pattern. Uh, so again, we have ascending uh, E minor seven A to C add nine to D. Uh, the bridge is lovely. I, I, you know, you guys know me and Page Bridges. Uh, that's just uh, I, I learned part. very quickly that if it's Stephen Page song, the bridge is going to be awesome. So I love the bridge. It's this descending line. Um, uh, by the way, uh, that descending line with the uh, uh, D to the D over F sharp C, that is pretty much the same changes, uh, relatively speaking, uh, as the mm. intro to Strawberry Fields Forever. Because I was like, oh, man, that's really familiar. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Um, but anyways, uh, so the chord changes seem to be based around D. If I was going to like, <laughs> if I was going to give you a key, I guess I would call it in D. But like, man, it, 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 there's several key changes. We'll, we'll get away from that now. But anyways, the form of the song. Wow, even the form of the song is more complex than, than we're used to here. So you got the intro, it starts out in the pre-chorus chord changes, which I'll call B. Then you got the verse, it's your A. Then you got the pre-chorus, B, chorus is C. First bridge is D. There's an interlude, which is playing the pre-chorus changes, that's B again. Then there's a verse, and that's A, that's a pre-chorus, that's B. There's a chorus, that's C. There's a second bridge, I'll call that E. Then the outro is like a half a verse, a half a chorus, a quarter verse, a quarter chorus. And then there's the pre-chorus changes. Uh, It's like... B A B C D C A B C E A C A C B. I feel like I'm eight years old playing Nintendo again, writing down a password or something. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, 
very, 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 and, and again, deceptive because like it doesn't sound all that complex. It sounds probably more musically complex than a, a lot of their songs. But this, you know, I, if somebody gave me just the chord changes and the structure of the song, I'd be like, wow, is this like Miles Davis or something? Or is this like, you know, what's going on here? Is this like some crazy like jazz odyssey epic? Uh, but no, it's it's a it's a it's a rocking tune. It is a good solid tune. Um, Honestly, I have to admit, I feel like my analysis of the song is inadequate, and uh, all I can do is accept that, because I didn't have the time that I would like, in retrospect, if I had known this song was going to be this complex, I would have taken like a lot of time. Um, I did spend a significant amount of time with it, but ultimately my conclusion is that uh, it's one of the more complex tunes we've heard from BNL so far on the show. Uh, even if it sounds fairly straightforward at times, it changes lanes several times, and it's done deftly enough that you might not even notice it if you weren't listening for it. Uh, I can't help but wonder if the constant apparent changing of keys is relevant to the song's topic or the album, Everything to Everyone, right? The narrator of the song is right. trying to be a celebrity, trying to be a people placer, trying to be everything to everyone. Maybe that's why there's not one definitive key for the song that I could nail down anyway. That's just my that's my hot take. <laughs> or that's the theme of this album it, is that all these people <laughs> in all their different ways are trying to be everything to everyone, and this is an example of that with with the discussion about celebrity, um, which we'll get more to later. <laughs> and this song sounds very much like it's it, the song itself is very much inspired by the Beatles, and Stephen Page was talking in his in his discussions about how he is very yeah. inspired by the Beatles. And I can hear that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can very much hear how the song itself sounds very inspired by the Beatles and, and they like to find a way for the music to sound either like, like the Beatles had said, and like Steve said in his interview, how he likes the music to either sound in connection with the song and what they're trying to say, or it tries to sound the exact opposite and juxtapose, juxtapose, juxtapose. Yeah. And back to the first episode all over again. <laughs> So there's he likes to have that juxtaposition between the what he's saying and the sound of the music, um, and it's interesting that this is one of those songs that sounds very simplistic and very simple in its uh, in, in all the different mm. musics. And so I, I don't know a lot about music, but this song I'm a very much an amateur, and and so for an amateur like me mm. listening to this song. Like, yeah, that was an it sounds thing. very simple, but and, and I can get a lot out of the song versus someone that's very trained in music can pick out something completely different than the song and and pull a lot of information out of it and enjoy it for a completely different reason than I did. You wouldn't. So you didn't know that I was like sweating over uh, notes and, and like listening and then pausing and then going to the keyboard and being like, what the heck's going on? <laughs> no, I had no idea at all. <laughs> to me, it sounded like a very, very simple song, and it was—I mean, it's not that—it's not that complex, but it certainly—it was definitely it threw me for a loop. It definitely surprised me. Uh, I was not expecting it. Again, I listened to these songs uh, once or twice before I sit down to analyze them. So, probably in the back of my mind, I might have been like, "Was that a key change or was that a modulation?" But like, uh, it wasn't until I sat down and really tried to set it out that I'm like, "Okay, if I just write down all these chords, there's no one key that all of these chords belong in. So maybe they're passing chords or something." But like, it was definitely—it's uh, an interesting tune. Yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting tune. And one of the things I love about it is that we can get so many different things out of it between an amateur and a, and a person who's professionally trained like you. 
And this is one of those songs where the synth that's in the background and Kevin is playing his heart out here really kind of fits with this. The oh, yeah, yeah. Song. There's a lot of synth going on. What's this flashy paparazzi celebrity? So it's the, the 80s kind of synth kind of fits, you know what I mean? So I, I like that stuff anyways. But, uh, yeah, I agree. Michelle, what did you think? Well, it's th- this song in particular is interesting for me because with this album. Agreed. This was the first, when this album came out, I was really excited because it had been a little bit, I think, between this one and the last one. And I was like, finally. And I actually, a a former co-worker bought it for me and mailed it to me, the CD. And I popped in my car and, and listened to it. Thank you to that person. And I didn't love it. Like, it wasn't, I didn't not love it, but it was, it oh, wasn't nice. like maroon or born on a pirate ship it wasn't it didn't grab Mm. me i didn't instantly connect with it a hundred percent and it was the b it was the big i don't even think it was that it was just i and i feel like it's kind of represented in this song you know it was the beginning of the end for me like i this is when i started slowly (laughs) pulling away and if the viewers or the listeners could see this i wish this was a video podcast um my hands are together as though they're velcro and then i'm slowly pulling my hands away from each other but that's what it started to do and i feel like with this song imagine the um, big bang although when he mentions phil esposito right off the bat like he totally grabbed me because i grew up in a (laughs) hockey house like saturday night is hockey night and phil esposito and bobby orr and the boston bruins like so that got my attention but the whole song you know is about what i feel is about steven's disillusionment and sort of his nice like or his fears or Kevin. Um, or Kevin. To me, I just, I picture like the beginning of the end for Steven here. Like this is oh, when the troubles are starting. Yeah. And this is, or, or and I don't know if that's what I was picking up when I listened yeah. to the album for the first time. And I listened to it many times, wanted to love it, wanted to love it. Didn't emotionally connect as much with it. So I do think this song is great. The it's very Beatles-esque. The harm, the vocal harmonies, of course, are perfect. You know, they're just they're so velvety, and you just want to sing along just to feel the vibration of it because it just feels so good to hear it and to feel it within yourself. Uh, but it's not a happy song. No, not in the least. That's probably why I like it so much. <laughs> you liking a dark song, right? <laughs> yeah, like later day Beatles. Like, this is something you would hear on Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club, and it's very yeah, much Latter-day reminiscent Beatles for sure. of, of Latter-day Beatles. And... Or even Plastic Ono Band. There's some John Lennon in this, definitely. Oh, nice pull, yeah. There's that sarcasticness to it, and and there's this look at it in, a, in both directions at the same time. So you... Ed's too pure and wholesome. <laughs> Like this, this definitely screams of of Stephen much more than so much of of Ed. Um, when S- Stephen puts things out there, he's very very sarcastic about those things, uh, and is very straightforward about stuff most of the time. And he's gonna try to be more vocally clever. Like he's Ooh, gonna be point. more turn of phrase. This is more like, here's what's happening. Brutal emotional honesty. Yes. I love it. <laughs> and again it's all kind of said in the bridge like there is a a 
rawness in that bridge that kind of sums it up very quickly. And I don't know who wrote it, but once again, I want to say it was it was Stephen or or Kevin that came up with the bridge of leave your heart, lay down your art. You're here for the party. Smile and wave. Try to behave. Be happy that they've made you a celebrity. And and what he, you know throughout the whole song, what he's kind of trying to say, it, the point of this kind of song, as I see it, is kind of this duality of of celebrity of i've always wanted to be this thing and i've really seeked it out and wanted to be this and i'm not taking anything away from that that i don't want to be that Uh, but at the same time people are telling him that he can't be him now that he's a celebrity going back to the song that made him popular and we get this again going back to other songs that he's written such as box set you know hold it together hide your true feelings about things be happy you're celebrity and pretend to be something that we want you to be and that we think you are hide your humanity hide your opinions and he's in many ways being sarcastic about all of that and being a smart ass uh, but he's pointing out that the reality of a celebrity status in his own smart ass way is that you can't once you're a celebrity be human anymore you can't anymore express and tell people your opinions you can't be political um and instead of making new music doing the art that you like laying it down and leaving behind who you have to leave it da- lay it down leave behind who you are if you want to be a celebrity smile wave behave and then continue to be a celebrity um i love that line of you know i could disappear into the great unknown and it would wear my face as if it were its very zone because he no longer is him the celebrity has taken over the who he has to be and who he has to pretend to be has taken over um and he still wants to be a celebrity but there's an emptiness inside of him now that people aren't accepting him for who he is it's interesting that you go back to the earlier songs that are kind of written on the same kind of topic like so you have songs um like uh, new kid on the block or box set um but before that point you have songs like Dirty Laundry, which is very simple about how everyone wants to hear your Dirty Laundry. Uh, and then you have follow-ups after this, like TMZ by Weird Al, um, about how everyone wants to see all the bad, dirty things about you. Um, and you can't be a celebrity, and they want to tear you down for those things. Um, and you also get, you know, B&L's and Steve's opinion on on his new album, as well as on, like, Gordon and throughout the career. This seems to be something that Steven keeps coming back to, of let us be who we are, accept us for who we are or don't, but let us be who we are, and let us put out there and shine, or just at least be realistic, authentic, and I get the feeling that this is him again, kind of, during that time they were, being more political and with maroon they were a lot more political um some of the songs that were on there um and then also on this album and it's interesting that he's like no we're gonna put out there who we are and just like he said in that concert like you know what if these songs are me they're personal and if you don't get that if you don't understand that why are you here why are you listening to this music and Exactly. This is my show. It's my name on the tickets. You paid to see me. You know, right. We're, I, this is not the you show. This is the Steven show. This is the, 
I am putting out there my beliefs and my feelings, and you're here, and you paid the ticket to see me, not for me to see you, kind of thing. Um, and I think this is him laying it raw, and I, in a lot of ways, love that he's laying it raw out there for people to to accept or to not accept. Have you guys heard about Taylor yeah. Swift being carried around in a huge suitcase okay. so she doesn't have to deal with the paparazzi? No, I haven't heard about that. What? That, that that that's apparently a real thing. So there you go. It you have no no. Obviously, that's Taylor Swift. She's pretty on the higher end of uh, being well known. But yeah, I mean, I can't imagine. I've heard you know celebrities talk about people walk up to them in the middle of they're they're you know doing their business in the bathroom and stuff like that. It's like, come on, man. <laughs> we we all need a little bit of privacy, even if it's just little tiny bits. You know what I mean? So I can't imagine that that would be. You are giving up something very real when you become a celebrity. Um, I, I've thought about that a lot. Not that I think I'll ever be in a position to uh, to really weigh the pros and cons, but I've just thought about it. Like, you know what? I don't want to be famous. I'll, I'll be rich. That's fine. <laughs> but I don't want to be famous. <laughs> not too famous well, anyway. Well, especially, it's so different, even from when this album was written in yeah. 2000 and, or put out in 2000. Oh, yeah. Things have changed so much since to then. To now, too. like, holy moly, social media oh, is God, yeah. out of control and everybody is up each other's butts and in each other's faces <laughs> and you can't get away from it and everything, it doesn't exist unless it's on social media. So it's that, it's even worse of a yeah. give and take. I agree. And that's a really good point because 2005 was when everything seemed to go a little bit sour with the, with the not including people in the in the songwriting process and the having just the band write the songs and then there's a lot more infighting in the band. And maybe that's what he was rebelling against and part of why everything fell apart the way it did. Like he couldn't just get out of it. He had to like drop a bomb on his life and then get out of it to then come back and do what he's doing now, which is great. You know what I mean? Like it just it feels like this is the beginning of all of that. Like, this is a documentation of the beginning of his trying to step out from all of that. Yeah, and I just love, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of anything that's kind of pushing the idea of introspection and self-analysis. I think that we're in a, in a society now that's very focused on the exterior. Um, you know, everyone's presenting the best possible version of their life up on the social media look how great everything is for me and this is awesome and I'm the best and blah, 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 blah. And we were constantly being bombarded with every, no, it's not just social media, but av advertisements and all every, you know, we no longer have quiet time and there's no time for introspection and you lose something very, very important, I think. And um, so hearing, that's why I love songs. I love artists who are so emotionally honest that are not afraid of, gazing into the abyss of themselves i guess you know and and, and mm. seeing like what is there you know throw a rock or a pebble and see how long it takes to to hear a splash so this is <laughs> one of those songs where i love every line that is in the song there's there's nothing about the song that i don't in well i wouldn't say love but there's nothing about this song there's no song lines about the song that i would pull out and be like that's a song line that i know that i don't like get rid of it um and like if I if I were gonna say I love this line I love this line I'd I'd be here for a long time, but I want to hear from you guys. Like what are what are the your favorite song line? What are your favorite lines out of this song? I mean I just like we keep coming back to all that's left of me is my celebrity. Um, it, it encapsulates the entire meaning of the song. It's like you put so much into building this public persona and then suddenly. 
there, is there anything underneath anymore? You know what I mean? Um, that's it really devastating and it's really, really great. Um, that's a, that's a great one. I also, I really like, uh, when I'm riding in my limo, I won't look out the window might make me homesick for humanity. Yeah. It reminds me of these studies I've read where, you know, the more wealthy someone becomes, uh, the less they have touched with, you know, uh, more day-to-day kind of people who, you know, you know, just kind of more, uh, average people and your empathy actually decreases. People become less empathetic. So it's really kind of scary that that can happen to someone and it could happen to anyone. Um, so that's the kind of thing that I think like Steven, I would be concerned about that kind of thing if that was happening to me. Really struck me. To me, I really love the beginning. Don't call me a zero. I'm going to mm. be a hero like Phil Esposito or the Kennedys. I mean, that's like a totally different generation. I mean, Phil Esposito was a hero when I was a kid. And that was a long time ago, folks. Um, and then, of course, the Kennedys were even before that. But they're like untouchable. You know what I mean? And yeah. And um you know this but it's a whole different world from a whole different time and celebrity then to celebrity now is so different and it's almost i just feel like that ties in so interestingly with the song because it's like you wish for this thing as a kid and then you get it and it's like holy crap like you said earlier aaron be careful what you wish for because mm. yeah you're okay you're a celebrity guess what it comes at a cost and this is what it costs you but I just, I just like the introspective feel of it and just, it's, it's good. And I think this is my favorite song off of the album, actually. The rest of the album is okay, but this one is the best song, I think. The best song off an album you don't particularly care for. And it's not even that I don't. Would you say that this marks just... for you the beginning of a downward trend for the band? So yes. this is... I, or, I don't know or, BNL that well. So for me, the analogy is Metallica. This is their Black Album. The Black <laughs> Album is a great album. Black Album is a fantastic album. Enter the Sandman's a great song. But there is a definite tonal change in the way they, they didn't have the classical Baroque sounding guitar solos as much anymore and stuff like that. And it was like, oh, this is a different Metallica. And Metallica was not the same after the Black Album. So I feel like maybe there's an analogy there. I feel like I have to be more self-centered about it, I guess. I, I do feel, because I can't speak for the band, even though I think I can. Um, I can't officially speak for them, but I just, I just feel yeah. like when this album came out and I started listening to it, there was something different mm -hmm. and I didn't emotionally connect with it like I connected with everything before it. It wasn't the same visceral response. And I don't know if that's because of where I was in my life. Or it's because where they were as a band, or maybe it was both. You know, I feel like because you know at the time we didn't know that Bare Naked Ladies was going to break up and Stephen was going to go through everything that he went through. But looking back in retrospect, I I feel like this is where things started to change. I I remember feeling like I wanted to love it and I didn't and I didn't want to admit that to myself. Like, I remember, like, my feeling and my feeling about my feeling. I didn't love it. I wanted to love it. I was upset that I didn't love it. It took me a few times of listening to this album to, to really love it. I mean, it wasn't the magic that you get with Maroon or or with Gordon or Stunt. It, it wasn't the, the magic of those albums. Um, 
it wasn't every song spoke to me in that moment. Um, and going down through the list of the album, I can't pick any one thing that it was. But the first time I listened to it, it it was great, it was good, but it wasn't magic like it was for that, those other albums. So, uh, like I said, this could be, like, or like you said, this could be that downward turn that people feel. That, and I hate to say downward turn because the band changed it was, and it was different. Um, and, and Steven's writing was different and the band's writing was different and would be different for quite some time. The band would be continuing to be different from this point on versus Steven's writing would kind of later on return to this new album. Um, but it was different for quite some time. There are songs on here that I love and... It's it's hard to say that it's not magical. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's such a different experience for me, whereas you guys experienced these albums as they came out. Like, oh, I can't wait for the next Vanilla album. I just can't wait for next week to see what's coming at me, and I get a newer song and then an older song. and then a, yeah. It's cool because it's yeah. such a different perspective. And I'm, I'm liking, way I'm liking so much of it, so you know, I'm really glad that uh, I, 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 I end up doing this. And I, I do want to say... Um, I didn't say this before. I said a coworker sent this to me. Um, Elizabeth, if you're listening to this um, podcast, I appreciate you getting this CD for Elizabeth. me and sending it to me. It was awesome. We know you listen. Come on the show. Oh, my gosh. That would be awesome. You have to come on because you're the one who gave her that this album. True that, actually. That would be perfect. You know, I'm glad that we're doing it this way, and I'm glad that we picked this way to do it because, the, for the example, the It's All Been Done podcast, um, they're doing it in order of song release. Um, so they got the albums, and then they're following the album from beginning to end, um, from be- first album to last album. And I would start to get a little sad and reminiscent of the older stunt in Maroon uh, once we've passed them. Uh, whereas we don't have to do that now. We get it all kind of mixed in together and get to come back to it every now and then. If I heard it in order, I think it would become more like I would hijack the podcast and it would be all about my life story and what I was doing. Like, okay, this came out and I was 25 and everything was chaos in my life. I was working here and I was just getting ready to do some theater and blah, blah, blah. Like, it would just be... It would become a shelf therapy. <laughs> it, would, it would be a walk down memory lane whether we wanted it or not. So, Michelle, why don't you take it from here? Yes. Okay. So, again, <laughs> I couldn't think of anything creative, so I chose celebrities. How many celebrities do we want to give this? Although, you know what? I'm going to change it. Just as I say that, we're going to do the Taylor Swift suitcases. <laughs> nice. How many suitcases do we give this song? I give Celebrity a solid 3.5 suitcases. It's a good song. I definitely listen to it. Um, I may not seek it out, but if it's on, I definitely enjoy it. So I like it. Um, Yeah. Aaron, how many Taylor Swift suitcases (laughs) do you give Celebrity? Well, you know that I have to like it if I listen to it that that, that many times (laughs) and try to like was so frustrated by trying to nail down the the uh musicality of it 
and still like it. Yeah, I, I give it a solid 3.9 suitcases. Ooh, wow. Not quite up there with the fours, but darn if it's not close. I really enjoyed this tune. I'll probably be listening to it again. I might need to give it a few days because yes. <laughs> I had it on constant rotation. But uh, I like it. I really do. It's, it's a really good song. It's introspective, like I said. It's got a slightly um, darker tone than some of their other stuff. And, and I enjoy that. I like I like hearing, uh, especially with Stephen Page, I like hearing the way that he explores that mm, side of him. Yes, and um, I'm very appreciative of that. And, and the vocals and, and everything was just so really beautiful. So I enjoyed it. Very Beatles-esque. Yes. Tracy, how many Taylor Swift suitcases do you give Celebrity? <laughs> so it's... Old Tracy is back. I give the song 4.25. Ooh, wow. Yeah. No, I really enjoy this song. Um, I This is one of the songs on this album that I love to listen to over and over again. I love this, what they're trying to say in this song. I love how they go about saying in this song. I love the music that goes with this. Um, I think it's just an amazing song off this album, um, and it wasn't my favorite to begin with, but it has grown on me over the time. So that celebrity now moves up in the charts um, to number 19, I think-ish. It's between Baby Seat and Beautiful. Hmm, okay. That's respectable. Hmm. Yeah. My appearance for this week is... When this CD was released, uh, it was the only CD they've done this. They released it as a dual disc, uh, did cost more. So you got a CD and a DVD of the, with this disc if you bought the dual disc. And one of the things that you got on the DVD if you went out and actually bought this was a behind the scenes of them making this song. You can find that on the internet now. Um, on YouTube. I will be posting that. Um, the vocal harmonies are very soft and lifting. Uh, it's very interesting. It's obviously not the fullness of this song that you get and the complexity that you get with listening to the song that's recorded because it's only their first one through um, with the song and it's not all the extra stuff added in. But it's really interesting to kind of listen to just this very stripped down version of it. Very nice. Nice. So, as a plug, I am proud to say that we have joined the Filling the Void podcast network. Yay! I will be putting up the links for our new podcast network. I'm very excited because this links in the same with a number of other podcasts. Um, Speaking of which, do you like the movie Clark's Guys? Yes. Yes, of course. Have you ever wondered if blowjobs count as sex? How exactly? I do think you... we had a president who was making the same <laughs> argument some time ago. How do you keep count of thirty-six people but not remember all their names? Is sex a, with a dead guy really necrophilia if you don't realize the person is dead? Is it cheating if the person has sex with you but they think it's someone else? Well, clerks doesn't answer any of these questions. But they discuss it in a really hilarious fashion. And on the Filling the Void Network, we have a podcast that explores all these questions and more as they discuss the movies Clerks and Clerks 2. One of the hosts, Blake, has actually been on our show. So if you are looking for a great podcast to listen to and love the movie Clerks or Clerks 2, go to the Filling the Void at Spreaker or just use the web address that I am adding into our links this week. 
These are just a few of the examples of Movies by Minute podcasts. Started by the Star Wars Minute guys, Pete and Alex. Pete and Alex, if you're listening, please come on the podcast anytime. If you love Star Wars, I recommend listening to them as well. Even though they aren't on our network, I am a big movie buff. I just love movies. Comedies, horror, sci-fi, fantasy, romantic comedies. And yes, I have to admit it, I have even been known to love Christmas picks. Speaking of which, we'll be continuing hashtag Christmas in December next week with the song Christmas Picks. So join us then. Thanks, that was fun. Don't forget, no regrets, except maybe one. Speaking of Clarks, it was written and directed, of course, by Kevin Smith. And he's... (laughs) <laughs> who we absolutely love. Kevin Smith, you're welcome on the Kevin, show. Kevin, we know you listen. Come on the show. Kevin Smith, <laughs> you, you are one... Well, I think he's 10 days younger than I am. So he and I are on the wow. same wavelength. We're both Leos. We're very... I just have always felt a kinship with Kevin. So Kevin, come on the show. We want to hear it from you. So Kevin's done a number of movies, most of which are written in the same universe, using mostly the same characters. Uh, But he has done some other ones too, like Tusk and Red State and Jersey Girl. They're all really interesting movies. Although Tusk, you know, it's kind of different. He's got some new movies coming out next year. But he has also directed Supergirl, Flash, the Goldberg episodes. He's come on to he's he's come up with one of my favorite cult uh, hits on TV, Reaper, uh, which is a really understated show. Um, he has created his own podcasting network with thousands of episodes. One of which of my favorites being Fat Man on Batman, which <laughs> took Smogco to a new level when podcasting was just getting going. He would disagree with me if he was here, but he is really a celebrity. And unlike next week's song, he has embraced his celebrity. (laughs) That was a slow burn. I paid to see Jersey Girl in the theater. Come on the show. (laughs) I loved Dogma more than anything. Oh, Dogma's fantastic. That might be his best film. Dogma, he... It might be his best film. Nailed it on every level. It's genius. Oh, definitely. Genius. It is, it is da- hands down one of my favorite Kevin Smith movies. Although I do have to say I love Clerks. And absolutely, if you haven't seen Red State, go out and watch Red State. Red State is really interesting. That one was interesting, yeah. I haven't seen it. I'll have to watch it. Oh, it's, it's very interesting. It's totally it's, different it, than what you would expect from Kevin Smith, but it's it's good. And he's got one coming out next year, which is also very along the same mm-hmm. lines, called uh, Kilgore Was Here, I think it is. Something like that. So I'm going to probably get it wrong, and then he's going to be like, get my names <laughs> of my shows right! <laughs> so, um, so next week we'll be discussing the wonderful world of celebrities as we discuss Celebrity, the song from Bare Naked Ladies' album Everything to Everyone. So join us then, and have a great week. <laughs> And I just figured out that I haven't been recording this whole entire time. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I somehow, the recorder had decided to he stop He wasn't itself. recording. <laughs> Way oh, back, about serious? two minutes into the podcast. What happened? <laughs> I forgot. Oh, no. Tracy. Oh, are you serious? 
I'm serious. Like all of the stuff that was missed, I had to go back and re-record. Oh, no. It's Mercury oh, retrograde. Yeah. Right now, so yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to go. retrograde and redo this whole podcast for myself. Are you recording now? I'm recording now. Yeah, I just okay. restarted. Okay. Are, are, we are we leaving this in? Oh, well, I guess so. <laughs> Should, do we let them know? <laughs> do we let I, them I'll know how much I really fucked this up? <laughs> Folks, you're getting some real behind-the-scenes oh, action now. That's heartbreaking. Yeah, well. um, <laughs> so, no, this is what the millennials call authenticity. Yeah, oh, yes. I'm authentic, all right. We're being our authentic selves. <laughs> <laughs> it's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 